You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do? And you have to, don't mind us tonight. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking about all kinds of different things before we turned on the recorder, and uh, yeah, interesting. Yes. I just realized I don't want to be in Kate's head. (laughs) I just woke up from a nap where I was at some kind of odd rummage sale. And I found a Jim Neighbors guitar with amp. And I was playing it very happily. But you are also looking at hanging <laughs> succulent gardens. Yeah, yeah, that was the main purpose of this event. And hence why Petra doesn't want to be in Kate's head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. We'll go ahead and bypass that without any more elaboration. <laughs> yeah, well, occasionally it changed from a guitar into a Fred McMurray ukulele, which I don't know if they ever made, or, or a Jim Neighbors guitar, for that matter. <laughs> But if you got either one of them, you had a lifetime entrance into Disney World. Okay. And that's doesn't why... do me good, any good on the West Coast, but hey. Okay. That's why we don't want to be in her head. I remember thinking, do I have to take it with me if I go to Disney World? Somewhere in there I woke up just in time to come here and help record this podcast. Okay. As I said. Moving on. So hold on, listen to our sponsors for just a second. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, more to be exact. Listen, cat people, it's just litter. Until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, and big money. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. It guarantees less smells, less work, all with less litter. Try the small bag that lasts one cat 30 days and you'll realize it's just litter. Unless it's World's Best Cat Litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and at your local grocery and pet stores. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. 
Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm Liz. With me today are patron Kate. Today we want to talk about ways to boost a shy dog's confidence. And I think each of the three of us have had shy dogs at different mm-hmm. times. I know right now my, my middle one, Cisco, is my shyer boy, although he's come out of his shell a lot. And if you've heard past podcasts, I adopted him a little bit older. He wasn't a baby puppy. And he'd, he'd been born and raised in the mountains of Arizona, east of Tucson. And so when I brought him to suburban San Diego, everything was scary. So I did lots and lots of work to deal with his shyness, his fearfulness, his anxiety. And he's come a long, long way. But strange situations can still make him a little worried. So it'll probably be something I'll always deal with. But thankfully, um, he does rely on his older and younger brother too and if they're calm he's more apt to be calm with with them Mm -hmm. which works wonderfully because neither one of them are the least bit shy (laughs) (laughs) not at all or or more properly they are the opposite thereof but i think one of the most important things we have to think about with aiding a shy dog is building that relationship with them so that they learn they can trust us yeah building the bond Uh uh-huh initially and I think that's what we always tell a lot of people who do have adopt a dog and they want to start class right away. Oh, I got it yesterday. He's like really shy, blah, blah, blah. And we always tell him to spend some time at home, build a bond, have some trust between you and the dog. You don't know the dog yet. The dog doesn't know you. Exactly. Maybe the dog isn't really shy once he gets to know you. Right. And that's what the bond is for me. It's really trust. Trust, mm-hmm. exactly. Trust that you mean what you say, things you're going to protect. All the things that trust imply. Mm-hmm. That's what a shy dog needs. To trust somebody to go out and experience this, oh, it's also a scary world because so many things are new. One of the things I like all of my dogs to do, whether it's the shy ones, the fearful ones, or the bold ones, is if anything is concerning in any way at all, I want them to come to me. Yeah, exactly. If somebody's hurt, if somebody's scared, if somebody's worried, I want them to come to me. And know that if they come to me they're not going to be chastised or or corrected or anything like that coming to me is the best thing they can do and we've got that really you know your class that really extreme shy one right now yes adopted older no idea the background and um, when i look into his eyes he's just like there's just this terror lurking behind what's going to happen now and he fortunately his way of dealing with this to get very still and quiet and contemplative so he doesn't freak out in the same class there's a young yellow lab who is like everything is scary just keep it all away from me which is so contrary to what most labs are yeah. right yeah. this was the second time the lab had come to class and mom is not dealing well with this she gets as wound up as the dog does which just creates this vicious circle yeah, they feed. It's an infinite feedback loop where they're doing. So the first time she came to class, I took the dog away. It took about five minutes mm-hmm. before it went. Oh, you're making sense. Let me calm down. Today, I five seconds. I took the leash, and the dog went. Oh, it's you, and gave this huge sigh and sat at my feet and looked around because you weren't building that anxious feeling. That anxious. Circle. Right. Yeah. You're right. somebody stable, somebody she could trust. And I know that her mom loves her. Mm-hmm. But she's going to have to develop the skill 
to help that puppy dog. First, she has to calm herself. Yeah. And then be strong enough that that, this fearful, shy dog can say, okay, I can trust you. Right now, she doesn't really trust her mom to help her deal with what she's feeling. In fact, part of it is I'm trying to protect her from all of this awful stuff that might happen to both of us. Yeah. Well, let's, 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 let's do some definitions. The words we've thrown around so far are shyness, fearfulness, and anxiety. So in talking about dogs, I'm sure the definitions are pretty much the same with people. But in, in talking about dogs, how do we identify a shy dog? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is hand shy. Mm-hmm. And that can either be not being used to hands or hands have meant bad things to them. Mm-hmm. And so when they see a hand coming at them, you can just see that the look in their eyes of terror. That either they're imagining something as awful is about to happen or something awful did happen to them. I also see when I try to visualize a shy dog, I, I see a dog who's hanging back, who's not going out in the middle of things, is probably a little more watchful. And I don't think all dogs are also fearful, but certainly shyness and fearfulness can go together. With uh, Cisco, it did. He uh, he tended to be shy slash fearful in certain situations and still can be. But I think the shy dog is generally just content to watch and figure things out yeah. before getting involved, if he does get involved. I guess seem like a little, like, there's a on group, the edges. but he's on the outside edge. Yeah. Watching. Quietly watching. Maybe hiding. Mm-hmm. Hiding may or may not be the result of fearfulness. He may just be putting himself in a safe place so he can watch. Mm-hmm. Fearfulness, that doesn't really need too much definition, but body language will give us cues to when they're fearful. The tail tucked is probably the most common body language that most people see. The head may be down, the hips mm-hmm. may be down, back arched a little bit, Just eyes can... the entire shrinking away of their body from whatever curling is the focus. Up. The eyes can be wide. Very, very fearful dog, or scared to death, the pupils will be dilated. They get an adrenaline rush. Yeah. And you can yeah. see it. In and then anxious is somewhere in between all of that. Anxious is not quite to fearfulness but maybe just a little worried. You and usually see more motion with anxiousness. Maybe moving away from whatever it is is scaring, where fearfulness tends to... Well, I'm fostering a litter of kittens right now, and one <laughs> of the kittens is... Uh, this litter hadn't been handled at all, I don't think, before the rescue group gave them to me. And they gave them to me because, Liz, you're the best at socialization. <laughs> I think they were trying to work me. <laughs> but, you know. I, but it's always nice to hear. Yeah, uh-huh. the, the last letter I did socialize, and they did turn out really good. But this one little black and white kitten, when I pick him up, he just curls into this little bitty ball. They're about four, four and a half weeks old. So just babies. And tucks his face. His ears are plastered back. He closes his eyes. It's like he's ready to die. And it's so sad to see a being this small and this young that afraid. So I pick him up. I put him on my chest where he can feel my heartbeat. And 30 seconds is enough at this point. And then I put him back down. So it'll be a long process. But that is, I'm going to die. That's complete fearfulness. So when we're working with a shy, fearful, or anxious dog, I think one of the first things that we want to figure out and that we advise the owners to figure out are, what are the triggers? 
Is there anything specific that causes this? Cisco? Bees? Or, oh. or flying insects? Yes. And children, particularly young children. Older kids, he's, he doesn't have a problem with. But um, we went on a camping trip last weekend with uh, one of the trainers who has a toddler. And Cisco thought this 20-month-old toddler was a creature from another planet. They don't. He doesn't. That one doesn't. And most child, children of that age, they don't move the same. Uh-uh. They don't talk the same. No. Nope. They, they, they don't. They speak a foreign language they don't and move use erratically. Their eyes the and same. And they yeah. smell different. They it smell seemed different. like that poor kid was always doing something in his diaper. I even asked our trainer, how often is his diaper chain? So I'm sure to the dogs, he was quite a bouquet. <laughs> Between always eating and always doing something in his diaper. And Cisco would be with me, and he'd watch and watch and watch, and then the little boy would toddle over near us, and Cisco would just go, okay, Mom, I'm out of here. And he would take himself to a safe place under the RV. Oh, <laughs> so, so he found himself a spot where he could keep an eye on me and keep an eye on that strange creature from another planet. And I was fine with that. He was taking himself away from what he perceived to be the danger. So his triggers are bees, because he, he's been stung, and that strange child. That has um, the potential to sting. Yeah, yeah. Or, or do something else. But triggers can be anything. Noises, sights. Well, the first time Cisco heard a harbor oh, seal. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, sea lion. Yeah. Bark, right. bark. This dog from the mountainous deserts. <laughs> what? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even just the harbor, the, the body of water, the boats, uh-huh. the things rising and clanking and moving. The dock moving. Right. First, it was all oh, The first outer, time we space. walked down on the dock, yeah. <laughs> Anything that's outside the average, the norm for that dog could be a trigger. Mm-hmm. He's come, come so far on many of them. He's not bothered by the moving docks anymore. That With the sea lions barking, I think he still goes, where is it? But the last time we walked at the harbor, there were some down on the dock. And he watched. He wanted to make sure that thing wasn't going to chase him but he was good and he wasn't trying to run away the trash truck can come by now and he doesn't even pay any attention so many of the things that were triggers he's now been desensitized to and he knows that they're not out to eat him but they can vary and and each dog is going to have certain things that may bother him and i think identifying those are very important even then always be prepared for the the left turn the ball from left field whoa okay i'm sorry <laughs> something from out of left field wow see yeah okay i'm still with the guitar somewhere but anyway so we graduated a class last this past week in the evening class and as part of graduation they each student is to take their dog around our quasi agility more of an obstacle course. Confidence Conf- course. Confidence course. Yeah. is what we want it to be. Right. Mm-hmm. We want to put something new in the path of both the dog and the owner and say use the skills you've learned over the last weeks. And use that to conquer this new obstacle. And whether it's just keeping them focused enough to walk over the the beam Mm -hmm. um, without jumping off. Or being bold enough to charge up the A-frame. Or, okay, the Bernese Mountain Dog. Mm -hmm. Good-sized girl. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's there's no no correlation between size and bravery. Right. Right, right. 
Okay. We've all known the little chihuahua that will face anything. Yes. <laughs> and this producer's like, the tunnel that you're asking me to go through is a portal to the seventh dimension of hell. Yes. Even the short one where she could see her mom at the other end. It right. was scary. It was incredibly scary. So first she wanted to just panic and just run away, run away, run away. And of course with leash and collar, she couldn't do that. And they wouldn't, you know, they, they calmed her down nicely. But she just then went into frozen mode. My legs do not work. I cannot take one step closer to that scary thing. And they were about ready to give up on her. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is a great big red flag for me. So I go trotting over there. There will be no dog leaving here afraid of something. And not easy with a Mount Bernese Mountain Dog, I grant you. But I was able to lift under the belly <laughs> and the chest. Because she was to the point that treats didn't matter anymore. Oh, no. Oh, God, yeah. no. No, no. She was simply frozen in fear. Yeah. Um, she was a living embodiment of that idea. So picked her up, which one thing startled her out of her statueness. <laughs> and then placed her with one foot touch inside that portal to hell. And I stayed with her. It's not a process of throwing the dog into the deep end and going, there, swim. It's going, I am with you here, and I will keep you safe through this portal of deep water. If we're going to hell, we're going to hell together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I just kept my hands on her. I wanted to feel her body. I wanted to feel her reaction. And also give needing a massage, not a pat, pat, pat massage, which is just excitement. Mm, yeah. More of a relaxing. A relaxing. Just a, yes. And, yes. and a yes. reiteration that I'm here for you. Yes. You can feel my touch. I'm right here. Psychologically, that. Visually making massaging motions. Because as I'm talking to you for the podcast, I'm making massaging motions. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like kneading dough. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So psychologically, it's that touch that says we're here together. Physiologically, I'm also finding the pockets of tension mm-hmm. and releasing them mm-hmm. so that she could start thinking again. And then I lifted another paw in, but stayed close with her. And then she went, Mom, and dashed through. And then they threw a party for her. They threw a party for her. And each time I did not have to, each time I, she got closer and closer on her own. Yes. Until she finally just said, I'm going to run through hell to get to my mom, but I will do it. And she made that decision. And the fourth time it was like, oh, I just walked through. What's the big deal? (laughs) Yeah, so never dragging them in. That's what we see with a lot of owners is they try to, they're dragging the dog by the neck. Oh, you're afraid of this? Let me just throw you at it. Yeah. Yeah. Drag into it. That's going to do, scare the dog more and break that trust with you. Yeah. The duck's going to go, wait a minute, mom or dad isn't the place to go for Mm -hmm. security, safety, a backup. Mom and dad are going to throw me right in. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to break that trust. So the owners of the Bernese were like, oh my gosh, you got her to do that. And I said, well, I only gave her one choice, Mm -hmm. to move forward. Now, I used my entire body (laughs) to Mm -hmm. block her from running away. But that also said I was here with her. Mm -hmm. And then I let her make that choice. Yeah. In her time. All right. Well, we need to take a break for our sponsors. So hold on. We've got a lot more to talk about when we get back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. 
Hi, Jill. I see you and Bella are enjoying this lovely day as well. It's a perfect day for a walk. Isn't that right, Bella? And what a colorful ID tag you have, Bella. It certainly puts my Rusty's boring engraved tag to shame. Isn't it great? It's a dog tag art tag. Dog tag art? Yeah. Dog tag art makes the world's coolest pet ID tags. Pick from hundreds of cute designs or upload your photos or artwork to create a unique tag of your own. They even give you four lines of text on the back of the tag for important contact information. I love it! But do they hold up? We have to replace Rusty's metal tags so often because the information wears away. Dog tag art tags are some of the highest quality pet tags out there. They're made with super durable stainless steel. Your information is always legible and the tags are guaranteed for life. Well, I'm sold. Where can I get my dog tag art tag for Rusty? Dogtagart.com Sounds great! We can't wait to get online and get a tag of our own. Dogtagart.com We keep best friends together. Use the coupon code RADIO for a 25% discount off any tag. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo! Active for Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active for Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active 4 Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active 4 Pets. Ready to try Active 4 Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of Active4Pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S, dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. This is your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. Sometimes, depending on the dog and the situation, a more a desensitization program that's more minute is better. For example, with Cisco with the garbage truck. The first time the garbage truck came by after I adopted him, I found out because Cisco ended up in my back bedroom in the closet that he was afraid of garbage trucks. And then I realized, oh yeah, mountains of Arizona, they go to the landfill, there's no garbage trucks. 
So he thought this monster was out on the street, and it was getting closer and closer and closer. Oh, this big, noisy, clanking, smelling, monster. Yeah, sure. So that day, I just let him stay in the closet till the truck was gone. But the next week, the day trash truck was due, I had a pocket full of treats. By then, I knew what he really liked. I had him leashed, and we just sat in my side yard where we could just barely see the truck. We could certainly hear it, but we could just barely see it. And we just sat there, him leaning up against me and me feeding him treats, and all I did was prevent him from running away. The next week, we were a little closer. The week after that, a little closer, until we could sit in my driveway as the garbage truck went by. And then the week after that, we walked down the block to meet it. And then we followed it. And, of course, dogs that can follow something gives him a chance to be much braver than just waiting for it to come to them. Now, he doesn't care. Oh, garbage truck. Yeah, that's all right. And then if you can, if you can, if your delivery driver or trash driver or somebody is a dog lover and cooperative, you slide him a handful of treats and before he drives off, he comes down and gives the dog cookies. That dissipates a lot of fear. So desensitization, helping the dog through it. If you notice anything that's the same about both of these, that you're a vital part of the equation. Mm -hmm. I think the the biggest thing, like Kate, we had done with the Bernies, was let them calm down and think. Yes. You know, so many people are in a hurry. You know, we must get over this fear. Let's just do it. No, let's just back off a bit. Let the dog calm down. Get its brain back. Focus. You're there with them. Settle everybody down. Slow down the heartbeat. It's almost a battle of chemicals within the dog's body. Yeah. The one chemical is going, you know, flee or hide. And the other one is going, it could feel good. And that's why the food can often bolster that other chemical. But sometimes if they get too afraid, then food doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Exactly. The bad chemicals have won. They're already gone. Yeah. One other thing that we recommend a lot for dogs who are shy or fearful or anxious is obedience training because that helps build confidence. And that bond between the two. Yeah. And, yeah, the trust. And and the tool to be able to talk. So much, I keep coming back to so much of obedience is teaching a puppy dog A, vocabulary, and B, the motivation to act on that vocabulary. And teaching the owner how to communicate with the dog. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a two-way street. Right. So um, when you have a vocabulary, you can say, okay, I know you're panicky, but here, watch me and sit. Mm-hmm. And focus on that. And use those endorphins of, I'm doing a good job, to counteract the fear, mm-hmm. the fear chemicals, the adrenaline stuff. But without that, people just babble. Now, you don't need to be afraid of that thing. Just leave it alone. Just come on, let's go over here. And that's just more <laughs> background chatter. Exactly. I think we hear we hear a lot of success stories in this situation. Yeah. They do get a either shy or fearful dog have oh, come through our classes. We have, and all of a sudden they have this beautiful relationship. One of the ones that graduated this week, that Aussie. Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. Five year old Aussie, newly adopted, relatively newly adopted, mm-hmm. was so 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 very frightened and shy that for a long time the woman couldn't even touch her. Right. And thankfully, she's the woman knows to be calm. And she took her time and got to where she could touch the dog and put a collar on her and put a leash on her. And then she took her time introducing her to the car. 
And at that point, then they started a class with us and we didn't put any pressure on her. We said, if she can do the exercises, awesome, but take your time. Mm -hmm. You know, she doesn't have to do such and such and such and such to graduate. But by the last week, she got her over most of the agility obstacles. She was slow. She was quiet. She was calm. I was very uh, impressed with that owner. She did. She an pushed awesome, her, but didn't go overboard. She and then she, she knew she knew where the, her limits were. Yeah, she was, yeah. she was very receptive to the dog. And then she knew, okay, we did this. You know, okay, let's do a tiny bit more. Uh huh. But never really pushed her gung ho. I mean, she did a very good job. And I was watching her during the work on the confidence course, the agility course, because I didn't want her to go too far. Yeah, but. They did a really good job, Mm -hmm. and the dog did some of the obstacles that most dogs think are a little worrisome. The the suspended moving tabletop, the sway bridge, the A-frame, she did those, and there were a few when we started to see that little Aussie stub tail wiggle and a little bit of a smile. So she was starting to have fun. She was trusting her new mom. It was very good. Like so many fearful, shy dogs... You can see there's a big brain in that dog working. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is a thinking... Uh Uh-huh. And sometimes I think that's part of the problem is they have the smarter dogs have more imagination about all the awful things that could happen. Oh, that's that's surely true with Cisco. Yeah. He's not dumb. He's not dumb by any means. But, yeah, I think he's got quite the imagination. They lock their, their minds and bodies up. With all yeah. of the awful possibilities. Well, how many times have I said, okay, Cisco's gone to his happy place? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because he's not, his eyes are unfocused and he's found his happy place just to get him away from the flying bug or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know where his happy place is, but you know what? <laughs> if it works, it works. Right. <laughs> if it keeps him from panicking... That's it's all good. So training and you know, dogs don't have to do advanced training. We of course like dog owners to have higher expectations than they normally do. But I think especially enough training to build that bond, mm-hmm. to develop the communication, to teach the dog that mm-hmm. he is capable of doing different things to teach the owner that the dog is capable because some owners don't have any expectations and even shy fearful anxious dogs can do so much if there's that trust built i think the other thing that i had to concentrate on with cisco was and i'll need to work on that with with our trainer's young child is changing his perceptions about things I don't mind that he's afraid of bees because he's been stung a few times. I'd just assume he avoided all bees. But I don't want him to be afraid of all toddlers. He doesn't have to be, so I'm going to have to work with that. But changing the dog's perceptions about things in his world, I think, is important. And how we go about doing that. And they get worried and the heart rate increases and the muscles tighten up. That's all uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. And then whatever they're focused on, they're going, that's what you've caused this feeling. Mm-hmm. Any way that you can break that A equals B and hopefully do Without it punishment. Without punishment. Punishment isn't going to work. But in the case of like you did with the um, trash truck, uh-huh. A equals terror. Uh-huh. So, okay, A equals there's, t- oh wait, there's good food. And distance. And I'm at a far enough distance 
that I could make a choice between mm-hmm. getting locked up or going, oh, treats. I think I pulled out yeah, some exactly. some roast beef sandwich meat. Sure, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it takes so the body is now filled with the good feeling chemicals. Mm-hmm. And then A starts to be associated mm-hmm. with the good feelings. Then mm-hmm. that is what you want to be able to change their emotional response. Right. And finding the distance that you have to be, again, depends on the situation. With Cisco, just going under the RV, which was, what, 40 feet away from the toddler, I guess. But he could still see me, and he could still see the group around the campfire. But yet he was far enough away that, the, to his mind, the toddler didn't convey a threat. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot of terms you hear when working with fearful shy dogs, like over threshold, mm-hmm. um, flooded. So, and and I I even love the term flooded, even though I don't like what it means. But it that's it. There's so many chemicals on the negative association. The dog is flooded. The body is flooded with it. There's no room for another emotion. And in that case, there's nothing to do but get them further away. Right. And and at times where I felt, on this camping trip last weekend, there were times when I felt that Cisco was getting flooded, that there was too much. When there were flying insects and a toddler, then I put him in the RV. And it wasn't a punishment, and I didn't treat it as such. It was, come on, good boy, let's go inside. And he could watch out the window, but he's comfortable in the RV. He snuggled up on a blanket. And then when he was ready to come out, he could come back out. So it got, by the end of the weekend, he was putting himself in the RV. So, when needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. safe place. Safe place, right. Mm-hmm. So, so, you have yeah. to become really good at reading what they are saying with their body. Mm-hmm. So, you know whether they're approaching the threshold of being flooded, if they're already there, or if you can still try to create some good feelings about whatever is causing mm-hmm. the, the, the fear. And I'm... Being very realistic, I know that Cisco is never going to be the extrovert that my other two dogs are. One, it's not his personality. During young puppyhood, he didn't get the socialization and exposure that the other two got. So he's probably always going to have a tendency to be shy. I think that's a good point. I think that's part of what we see, too, with students is they want this shy dog to be something that'll never happen. They want to wave the magic wand and go, poof! And they need to understand... You are fixed. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, accept the dog who or he or she is. Mm -hmm. You know, like Hannah. Hannah will never be a therapy dog. No, no. You know? But the mom, she has accepted who she is Mm -hmm. and is working with that. Right. We always tell... How many times have we said that to people? Like, no, yeah. no, we won't be doing ther- you know, therapy dog work with that little cute puppy in your class, that little the one just started. Yeah. Very shy. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. shy. That won't ever happen. We can help the dog be more comfortable in his world. Mm-hmm. We can make sure he's got the trust with us. And then, yeah, accept him who he is. Mm-hmm. Cisco's come a long way. He's not nearly as fearful as he was, but he's always going to be who he is. Those pathways of behavior, whether they're genetically set or through early life experiences mm-hmm. set. Right. They'll probably always have to go through some more circuitous pathways 
as opposed to the dog that is born bold and is encouraged to be bold, they have a straight path. Mm -hmm. They will get there. But Mm -hmm. you can get there by the sideways as well. Sure. When when I take all three dogs walking in, in the morning, if we come up across something that's out of the ordinary and Cisco gets a little worried, I know exactly because he moves over and touches his side to Bashir and they walk together with Cisco touching him. And Bashir, bless his soul, it's just like, yeah, okay, all right. I got your back. Okay. Got your side. I got your side. I got your side. That's a good me, little guy. I can break into song. Lean on me. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's good. Hopefully, if you've got a, a shy dog, we gave you some things to think about. And that's it for this time. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.